God. Podcasting is so easy. So easy. Do you know how many times I have to edit that out of myself every week we do this? And I say podcasting is easy and I have to edit it out because I'm an idiot. I vote that you just leave it in. I, v- I vote that you start this episode with, Hi, I'm Sam. Podcasting's f***ing easy. <laughs> Today huh. on At The Table, we dicking about. Well, well, we just gonna talk about some shit. Whatever I fucking want. I'm a white guy. People will listen to me. Ah, here are my opinions on frogs. Ah, they're great. Ah, like the feet. Tuning in to At The Table tonight, we have Jess and I this evening. Hello, Jess. Hi, Jess. Oh, hi, Sam. Sorry. Yeah, see, I got you. I didn't say, say hi, Jess. I said, it's Jess. And you went, hi, Jess. In my defense, it's already been a long week for 7.40 p.m. on a Monday. It's been a real long week. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was the accumulation of uh, the Moonlighters campaign that I've been running over on Questing Time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most incredible blender of emotions uh, that ended in a way I was not expecting. I couldn't have planned. Nope. Uh, nope. No, none, none of that nice, neat tie in a bow. I've got a plan for this nonsense. Mm-mm. Uh it was compounded by the fact that one of our players had to drop out uh, in sort of the last half hour of the session. I um, honorably retreated from the field of battle, yes. Yeah, and this is this is the thing, is that when you are streaming it and someone goes, I've got to go, you have to continue. And you have to go, oh, we, we can drop out or we can play this into the story. How does this go next? Which we did. And I initially thought it was going to be a really funny death scene. That we were going to plan for Charlie. When I realized you weren't there, I was like, fuck it. He bursts. Ha 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 ha. Um, what I may have done in that moment is um, <laughs> overestimated how attached everybody was to Charlie. Yeah, I didn't fucking realize. Okay, here's, here's the skinny, right? I know you've all gone back and watched the VOD because you're good, you're good listeners. Thank you very much, Jordan, for going back. It's really nice to hear your voice, Jordan. Um, so... I uh, I was just unable to make it. My partner was ill, so I had to just drop out and leave. Okay, and I was like, everything's fine. I I just can't I can't play D and D. I need to look after my partner. Uh, and so I messaged this, uh, but I also like just turned off my camera and disappeared. Whereas the lovely Paul Foxcroft has curated a series of our webcam images in certain templates. So everybody else is reacting with their beautiful like LED lights behind them. And your boy is in a 70s bedroom and his camera blacks out as if I've just been captured by like some (laughs) faction of the Norfolk Alliance Independent Republic. Um, And then then the players uh, hadn't realized I typed into the chat can't can't make it gotta go and they're just they're like where's charlie and just yep. like it's okay i i have a plan what was your plan jess oh the plan was just to immediately uh eliminate you <laughs> correct <laughs> no it was um it was a move i believe i believe that charlie would have uh committed i believe yeah. he would have done it if he had the option game um, recognized game 
Yeah, well, you had been asked earlier in the uh, the episode if you would be willing to betray the entire party for life as a beautiful, effervescent uh, gem dragon. And of course I would, within a drop of a hat. But you said no. It was close. Oh, I I wanted to tease it out a little bit. I really wanted that. And then I saw the time and I was like, we don't have time. Okay, that's fine. We've got the question out there, though. That's the calculation I also made. (laughs) I was there like, hmm, delicious, delicious drama. Or, hmm, bedtime. Okay, right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But you played played it out, styled it out so well. Uh, denied yourself the dragon form forever and became the god of what was the what was it in the god's blood that you were okay, the god of smut so god I of was smut, the god that of was smut it. thank you yes um again this is a random table i created several weeks ago and completely forgot about and so pulled it out and went yep this, these are the effects now fantastic they are what you make them um god of smut <laughs> Put himself in between a psychic a psychic attack from um, a greater starspawn enmity. Enmity? Nope. Enmity. Enmity. Emily. Go Emily Minty. And then just skip out some of the middle ones. That's actually harder to say now that I've thought about it. Yeah, now it hurts. Emily Minty. Regardless, did that. A psychic wave attack would have put something close to 15 to 20 d8 damage onto each of the players uh charlie at this point dropped out and uh, made more sense for charlie to take all of that damage mm-hmm, as the god mm-hmm. of smart invading the mind of the starsborn empty mm-hmm, so you died mm-hmm. heroically doing what as, i always loved yep um I, I, I applaud you for such a, a wonderful body on the line moment um however all is not lost. There is talk of a clone that you have stashed somewhere in the universe as if you knew this was going to happen. Or maybe a twin. Who knows? Um, <laughs> what incredible foresight I had. Yeah, right? And by that I mean, oh, BB, uh, your ship's little cabin boy slash captain slash whatever he needs to be uh, is very much like, Charlie told me a thing. I just thought he was lying. Uh, but I guess not now. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching Whoa. it. I was like, "Oh, interesting. Let's see where this goes." Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I just kind of I needed Nacho to stop crying. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. The mood oh. did somewhat change. It wasn't. It wasn't like we've defeated Liz and one of our heroes has come along the way. Everyone's there like, "I mourn for Liz and I yes. mourn for Charlie." And I was there like, "We are at episode ten. Pick it up. We've got a lot of stuff to do." It was, again, it was a roller coaster and a mix of emotion for, for everyone. I couldn't have predicted it. I thought everyone was going to be super stoked, super happy. And it was a, no, everybody is crying and weeping and, and sobbing and having to then roll with that and be like, everything's not as bad as you think it is. Look at all the new friends you've made. Ah, oh, they're all your ex-spouses? Fantastic. Isn't that nice? Fantastic. You Love it. Just, you, got a, you got an eye that's horny for a cat. Oh, it's just so much going on here. Um, there are so many loose ends, so many incredible loose ends that if if people wanted to come back and play, they can. Uh, we've left that bit nice and open. But yeah, so that was my emotionally exhausting Sunday evening, which you guys then topped off by saying thank oh, you yeah. in a with presents and announcing so like so. 
as a DM, <laughs> right? I don't mind streaming every week and being like, cool, here is the world. I will describe to you and be the, the center of attention for this bit. Mm-hmm. And here are all of these characters and I'll act like a dick if to the camera. No problem. The minute right. that people are like, let's be nice to her. Let's be nice. Let's, <laughs> let's be so loving and adoring and have put so much thought <laughs> into the, these things that we will now present to you for giving us a story that we liked. I crumbled. I imploded in on myself faster than a dying fucking star. It was <laughs> so hard to sit there and not like just melt. It was it was so difficult. And I just felt myself stuttering and stammering. And that was that was the hardest part of all of that. Because I wasn't expecting that at all. Um but by your DM's presence, uh it's real nice. Um they love creating the thing that they have made for you and watching you enjoy the thing is gift enough. But mm. if you can buy them a thank you present, Jesus Christ, you change the dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hurting us for 10 episodes. Here's a gift. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Mommy's Why? here to step on your toes. <laughs> I believe it's something. <laughs> and well, you will say thank that, you. Like, I was obviously like, off stream and then i was hopping into the twitch uh, the twitch chat i was like yeah i'm okay just like carry on oh wow mm. Ooh, fun and then i noticed like things were wrapping up and i was there like ah shit i was meant to give the presents uh deploy sasha so i just like messaged <laughs> in the secret group that we had um so if you see on paul's phone that there's a group called we're just normal men that's me motherfucker um, oh oh <laughs> You know, I didn't even, I didn't think anything of it. I was no. just like, oh, that's We're a good meme. We're just normal men. <laughs> We're just ordinary men. You just assumed it was just a, a chat. And I'm joking between some really boring people because it what? was. <laughs> <laughs> well, because also I had named it secret present group and then Paul pointed out. Yes, but just may see my phone. And I went, ah, good point. Uh, let's name it a meme that we've shared. Excellent. Done. And then, so I was like, deploy Sasha. And then Sasha, right at the end, was like, oh, by the way, we've got a gift. And I saw the look in your eyes where you were there like, no. Just fear. Fear. Abject fear. Like, Et no, you can't brute? be... I, you are at the end of a campaign <laughs> of, a, of an idea that you had months ago and you've watched people have a really nice time and they're telling you they've had a really nice time and then you are in your single most emotionally vulnerable state and they go, we've done a really nice thing for you. And broken, so broken in the best way possible. But I remember when we, we finished the stream, uh, I wept pretty openly for a while. <laughs> I wasn't willing to do that on on stream, but I was willing to do it just to everyone afterwards. Paul came over, had to give me a hug to calm me down. Like it was, um, it was very nice. It was very lovely for something so nonsensical and ridiculous. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone couldn't stop saying how nice a time they'd had and how much fun they'd had, and that that was all the gift I wanted. And I'm glad that. I got to bring four people together who gelled so well and had such a nice time mm. in the same space, developing characters that were as batshit as one another. Mm. It was lovely. I had a really good time. And I'm very, 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 very bloody lucky that you were involved 
and part of it and you managed to gel that group together in such a unique and special way it just makes my heart full <laughs> so yeah today and yesterday has been emotionally brimming for me so i'm i'm still a little a little frazzled a little a little might my, my burst into tears and a little over over that uh but yeah it's Listen been... to the home. If you want to make your DM cry, get them nice things. They're not used yeah. to you being nice back to them. <laughs> Just like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate everything you do and all that work you put in after all the time. They're like, okay, yeah, but why? What's the trap? <laughs> what's the trap? Okay. So it's going to be full of shit. Like, what's happening? No. Just I make d- it nice. I think you should buy your DMs nice things every now and again. I Weekly. Donuts is my big go-to. Whenever we have a session, I am like, there are there are snacks for people and whatever they need, but there are donuts for the DM. That's my thing. I don't know why donuts. I just feel like you can't not like a donut. Everybody like donut. Everybody um, like donut. Exactly. Uh, but treat your DM because my God, but when they break, it'll be something <laughs> for the ages. Like <laughs> this is how legends are born. Um, it's lovely. It's lovely to feel as as appreciated as I do right now. And this is what I really love about TTRPGs is that you come away from so many games feeling a sense of accomplishment and like a, a good story was told. Yeah, we did. Not we actually end. did something Ooh. when what we did was sit for four hours for <laughs> 10 weeks and just shout at each other. 40 hour story. Mm. It was nice. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, um, But aside from our Moonlighters nonsense, uh, what have you been up to? Um, I've been playing... Like, all of the games that I've been playing recently have been the best uh, TTRPG games that I've ever played. Uh, Like, (laughs) Moonlighters has been absolutely sick and hilarious. Uh... Dragonlance has been. Oh, it's it, it's, it's cinematic. Level. Yes, it's, it's incredible. Oh, you you have a DM as good as Jordan, mm. who is able to set a scene and knows all of the right mechanics to employ, with every tone change, every mood, every fight, every piece of dialogue. He knows how to facilitate all of us. And then we each are bouncing off one another in a way that is not intrusive, is respectful, and is also pushing for that law. We are, I don't know, it's such a good group and it's such a great setting. It feels like when you've got to the right gear on your push bike, like you're there like, I'm in the right gear, I'm going the right speed. And I can see Jordan still like growing into what, which is incredible to think. Like uh, basically we had... you know, not spoilers for if you're playing Dragonlance, but we had a really tough fight. It's the first big fight, and and we had to run from it. Yeah, because uh, they downed. <laughs> they oh God, downed. half the party in one blow. That was not yeah. expected or wanted or good in any way. <laughs> and it's not one of those. You just have to hit the bad guys until they fall down. It was uh, mm. like we have a we have a second we well we have a primary objective and the secondary objective is hitting the bad guys until they fall down. Uh, and so we were just like, go now, flee! And just like in the cinema of it, it was just incredible. Uh, yeah, it felt even for for a for a level three character 
Mm. It's where we're at. We're level three at this point. It felt so high stakes. Yeah. It felt like we were level 20. And I've not had that feeling as a, a low level player in a player, particularly in a campaign before. I've never felt that level of fear uh, for the continuation of a game. And so, so usually I will call a character something ridiculous like Walmart so that I don't get attached to them <laughs> and I can just let them die and be like, cool, I bring up the sister, Asda, and, mm-hmm. you know, we continue. If anything happens to any single one of the party, I I kill everyone in the room and then myself like that. I'm, I'm so, so invested in this story and the group and the dynamic that we have that I'm I am mortally afraid to change it. I'm also aware of how my character perceives that as well and the the lengths that they're willing to go to to protect that. It's it's enigmatic. It's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're having the best time in Dragonlance uh, and that's wild. And then my home game uh, that I play offline, uh, we just had a really incredible non-combat session. Uh, I wanted to do something funky like a, a wish, uh, but I... Th- but I had it so every person and NPC can make a wish. However, there's a 50% chance it will turn into a curse. <gasps> so all the players had to then convince all the NPCs to not submit their wishes. Oh my god, okay. Uh, That's some, a great twist. Some people put in some wishes and some curses were made. And oh, some sh- wishes are granted that they won't find out. Uh and I got to just play some really funky people. I got to be, I haven't made it, but there's, there's uh, I've made a lineage of slug people, uh, sorry, snail <laughs> people. And they just kind of speak like, God, I swear it was on like Treasure Planet. There's like a slug type monster that just makes fart noises or something. <laughs> I can't remember. It's either Treasure Planet or like Titan AE. It's one of the Don Bluth films. Um, it sounds like a Rick and Morty thing. It does as well, sound like, like, a Morty, like the Don fighting slug monster has become a bit of a trope. I mean, God yeah. Jelly was it in Moonlighters? Like, yes, farting is a language, baby. That's that's basically what we're doing with our mouths, but it's controlled. Oh God, I don't know it's Jelly as well. It's a very because it's a very slow snail <laughs> monster that wants to be the best <laughs> warrior in the world. Uh, oh no! I I'd made a little frog man um, <laughs> who wants to be a poet. And and then from a darkened wish, I stole uh, B Dave's uh, twin, uh, uh, the twins from a darkened wish. I just uh, I love them. They're, they're in, uh, but yeah, they were just NPCs <laughs> with conflicting narratives. And all my players remembered the law without being prompted. Everyone did cool like RP chat and like loads. Of people had really interesting ideas, and it was just popped off. So yeah, I'm playing the best RPGs I've ever played. So I'm hey. I'm just like. I'm I'm on one. We're in our um, hot girl TTRPG summer yeah. era. Yeah, fantastic. I'm I'm absolutely stoked for the two of us. Uh, mm. <laughs> I like I can I can see it now. Like people that don't get as into it as maybe we do uh, are training their bodies hard down at the gym, <laughs> ready to go to Ibiza or whatever. People sure. that go outside and touch grass do in the summer, but we we are stealing our blades 
<laughs> we are reading the Dragonlance poems and degendering them because boy do they gender. Um <laughs> but boy does Dragonlance enjoy a particular gender. Oh uh, god. Yeah. So uh but yeah, we're we're just having a great time. And tell you what, mm. I will say, if you are hungry for such incredible content, I would get yourself down to Patreon. Oh. And get onto the Patreon for Worlds Without Number. Okay. 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 Here's the cell. Right. It's Brennan Lee Mulligan. It's Erica Ishii. It's Abria Iyengar. It's Lou Wilson. Okay. Just think of that talent pool and imagine just like they're playing the home game because it is a home game and they've said, we're going to be playing this for X number of years. And they're like, 10 years minimum. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we're going to set up some real long story stuff. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, And then it is audio produced. Like someone is coming in adding music, sound effects. Uh, It is incredible to listen to. Worlds Without Number is on a different level. It's incredible. If you go to the Patreon, you can uh, get additional content that you'll never get anywhere else, which is how the characters come to be. Now, it is a child bit, and some of them are doing some child acting, so if that, <laughs> if that sets your teeth on edge, maybe give it a skip. Yeah. But, God, is it good. Okay, look, I so as somebody who has a, just a thing, I don't, I don't want to call it a phobia. Maybe it is. <laughs> Only a licensed therapist can tell me, and I'm too afraid to go to get there. Um, I I have a thing about adults acting like kids. I've never really been good with it. I don't know why. It just really puts my hackles up, sets me on edge. Hate it. Um, there is a section at the beginning where they all pretend to be children, and I am going to wait. I think a bit until yep. more uh episodes have come out and then i will subscribe and then i will move past it to the point where people are able to surmise what has happened in this childhood section and then i can go cool i'm gonna ignore all of that and just go straight in at the adult bit where they've all grown up and where the big adventure starts um hopefully this isn't gonna take years no 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 so the child bit is literally half of the first episode that they did in the patreon thing it's oh. about 20 minutes of them being a kid and then their their adult self and it's kind of reflecting about how they got there. Um, I, ugh, yeah. No. If, if, you, if you're not about it, that's all right. But like... It's weird. There's one... So there's four episodes to start with and you're like, oh, hang on, one of them has to be the DM, okay? There's four episodes and the fourth episode is Brennan doing the narration of one of the NPCs that's going to follow the party. And for 15 minutes of that is Woodland Sounds. And I had to turn off my headphones and figure out what was happening because the Woodland Sounds were playing were spring sounds that are happening in, you know, Eastern England uh, at this time. And I was like, what? It was so, it was so auditorily yeah. incredibly, um, incredibly, I can't even spicketh. Um <laughs> It just yeah the 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 audio direction that they're going for is really good uh, i was a little bit put off by their first in- roundtable interview but it sounds like they're recording on different equipment the the sound quality for all the mics is good they're recording in a proper podcast studio and someone is putting in music sound effects that are matching to the descriptions it's not stock 
sound effects. These are like they've tailored it in. It's it's really good. I urge okay. you to check it out. So what I think this is going to do specifically for uh, the Dimension 20 critical role subset of talent that mm. produce things like this in the future is this is going to set a precedent. The Patreon released before any of the episodes dropped. It was very much a hype thing. It was some of your favorite voices, some of your favorite uh, characters are playing together in a brand new thing. Will it work? Who knows? Um, within the first day, I think they had 10,000 Patreon subscribers. They're now closing in on 22,000. This is a, a very lucrative business now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this is just the home game, they're able to sustain a level of um, professionality and craftsmanship within the entire campaign that they play to the very end um i think we can look out for in the future more definitely more crossovers between critical role dimension 20 um but also more things like this where you will get four of your favorites are playing in a game uh pay five pounds a month to listen in whatever it may be but we're going to see more and more and more of them particularly from this subset um so that i guess the pool widens that talent pool cannot stay the same sort of 30-ish people forever. It's going yeah. to continue to widen as they bring more people in and more projects like this will spin off. But it's really interesting to think that this is the new norm and the new medium. I think it's very interesting to see stuff go from stuff like uh, openly available podcasts and stuff on twitch streams or like in youtube's where there are big ad breaks is it dependent on the distributor like how you create and and distribute that content to as you say paid for patreon podcasts where you're like this is five pound a month but like there are no ads uh we don't have to change it depending on like the length of the show there's no like ads in between uh we don't have to like say certain things or market ourselves to particular people like obviously like Words Without Number, I think, is going to be fairly well accessible. I don't think it's going to be like, well, there's some pretty hard and and fast things going to happen here. So, you know, watch yourself. Mm. Uh, But, like, I can definitely see uh, kind of little, I guess, siloing is the best term I can put. But it it doesn't feel like that they're withdrawing away from the rest of the world. I think it's going to be like, it's going to be like old theaters. It's going to be like, hey, this theater does this kind of thing new companies spread up and split out um, again to increase the pool of talent that they have under the TTRPG umbrella. Uh, It makes sense. But again, like I said, it's a lucrative business at this point. These guys are pulling in more than $110,000 a month Mm -hmm. off of Worlds Beyond number alone, right? That's more than a million a year for one project. It would be so silly not to capitalize on that. Um, and I, I do think that we will see more of that coming through from that space. I wish I wish more of it could be free. I really do. That is not the world we live in. <laughs> Capitalism, no. bebe. So their time no, costs but... money. Yeah. And they've made it happen and they've made it work. And if this is the model that is set forth 
going forward for something like this to have to have a uh, a proven fan base in order to be like a, a 10 year campaign going forward. Fantastic. Brilliant. Will they see such success with other people and other groups and other silos siphoned off and other things? Maybe. Will people flip between uh, paying Patreon one month for this, paying Patreon another month for that? Will uh, What will come forward to mesh everything together is what I'm quite mm. interested in because there's only so much money you can spend on audio dramas per month. Trust yeah. me, I've tried. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how this develops into the grand scheme of the overarching LA TTRPG crowd community sort of funding yeah. effectively. But I think they're doing really bloody well so far. And I'm excited to eventually listen to it once uh, the children's adventure thing is out of the way. I think it is now time for us to uh, introduce our interview. Uh, oh. with... So we had uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Tight. Time time's irrelevant, people. Uh, presume uh, pretend we <laughs> just record this just now. Uh, we um, we talked to Sip Dylan, and we were really interested to talk about gender and TTRPGs and and how that's a heady mix. Uh, and so we had a kind of open table interview type discussion. Uh, and yeah, it's it's incredible. And uh, so I I uh, hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. This week, I'd like to talk to you about Bohannon Brigade. Uh, I've reached out to them because I've been using some of their products and I think they're very, very good. So soon, we'll be talking about session prep. I think it's very pertinent to some of the GMs that we talk to about how they run their games. And I think something that nearly comes up every single time with people we talk to who run games, they say, I wish I did more session prep. I don't think that's the answer. I think you should do better session prep. One of the things that I've recently picked up that has massively improved the way I prep and the time I spend prepping is the, D is the DM bundle from Bahana Brigade. I was looking for a template that I could basically expand what I was going to plan, what did I need to do, and how do I execute that. And also, with the DM bundle, you've also got a sheet for stuff like cities, NPCs, combat tracker, and mid-session note prep and post-session uh, notation, which is always very important because after you've finished a session, all I want to do is fall asleep. But if you write down a few, uh, just a couple of things and just say, that's it, that's done. Oh, wait, they did this, this, and this. And they also met this. And what does that mean for the story? You're done. I recommend going over to their store on Etsy. I'll be putting a link in the show notes, but also check out the Tower of the Scarlet Robes, which is a little mini adventure that he's written as well. Um, yeah, I really find that my prep is much better and a lot smoother, and my players definitely notice that I'm spending better time prepping for the things that actually matter and less time figuring about how my notes work. That's Bohannon Brigade on Etsy. Thank you for joining us for our interview section. We are interviewing Super Dylan. Hi, Hello. Dylan. Hi. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Um, it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you just before we started recording. Um, <laughs> for those of you at home, uh, Dylan, you may have heard on the Adventuring Academy, the Dimension 20 show, The Atomless, and on Unprepared Casters, a very funky little podcast, which is 
very unhinged and uh, yeah, it's 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 always unique show to oh, listen yes. to. Um, <laughs> don't what where else have people seen or heard of your work? Oh wow! Uh, so you may know me in one of two ways. Primarily, uh, let's say one in three. Uh, so one of the things that I do is I write tabletop RPGs. Uh, some of my most popular i wrote a neverland setting supplement for dungeons and dragons fifth edition i wrote a game uh, which is coming into a physical copy shortly uh called guys and chairs which is a game in which you play the unremarkable best friends of superheroes um <laughs> and uh and many other games most of which are available for free right now um you may have heard me from that you may have heard me from one of the many uh, Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop RPG podcasts and streams that I'm a part of. Uh, the Atomless is a very big one that I'm a part of right now and have been for just over a year. Uh, I was a player in the 11th arc of Unprepared Casters. And I mean, many, many 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 more uh and then you might know just know me because i scream and scream on twitter a hell of my own creation <laughs> oh that's a mood <laughs> so <laughs> could be could be any one of those <laughs> i will say we were talking about this just before we started recording uh one of the the games that you've written uh they don't want you to work um it's really fun. I've I've pinned it to my browser now, uh, and I can certainly see like how that's going to be really helpful for me in my day job, where I'm like, my brain's drifting away. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's, fantastic. it's not any fault of your own. It's the Fae. They don't want you to work. They're the ones that are pulling you away, and they're forcing you to play a little mini game before you can return your focus back to your task at hand. <laughs> exactly. Like uh, this is. In, in my opinion, like this is the perfect excuse to avoid accountability and responsibility in any given situation. And that's I'm, what I'm here so for. here for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, what we have needed since the dawn of time, in my opinion. <laughs> A fun little reward to get yourself off and then back on task. As someone who's profoundly ADHD, this is exactly what I need in my life. <laughs> it's it's adjacent to getting that little plug-in where the duck comes and steals your cursor and like moves things around. Like, oh, I can't I can't work today. Look at this mess. It's not my fault. I just everything went away. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's my it's a fault. plug-in where a duck steals your cursor? Yeah, we I will find that for you after the show. Perfect. Um, Thank you. So, yes, we, we wanted you on the show today because uh, we were talking about gender the other day in one of our other shows. Uh, and CJ was like, hey, we should get Super Dylan on to talk about gender. Yeah, I'm very gender. So I'm I'm happy to be a part of this discussion. Thank you for we gendering are... with us today. Yeah, yeah I'm so... gendering very hard today. <laughs> we're an assortment of gender here on, <laughs> yes. on, on this podcast. And it's, yeah. it's a good assortment. Yeah, like yeah. at least 250% gender. Like I yeah. think that's like the baseline we should be working at. It's a variety yeah. pack. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, weirdly, I don't think on the oh no we have in the in the previous sort of gender discussion we've never really sort of looked at our pronouns um for That's true. very vaguely we've yeah yes. um so let's I'm, get into it. yeah 
let's do it. I, let's, I don't know why it was. It feels like Beyblade Arena for some reason. Um, <laughs> I'm Jess. Got your and I am ready. Arena. Let them rip. <laughs> yeah, Jess coming at you with the she they. Uh, they blades. They blades. They blades. Yes, they blades. There it is. They blades. Perfection. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. Um, yeah, so I. I Jess coming at you with the sea uh, with the sea they no that's sea that's me that's <laughs> fuck my life we're always a disaster so uh, welcome welcome, welcome to the dumpster fire Dylan I'm, I'm happy I'm just happy <laughs> I can only go up from here <laughs> so just to restate uh, Jess's preferred pronouns are she they yes. We'll take it. <laughs> and 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 CJ, what are yours? Um, my preferred pronoun is they them, but I am very gender flexible and do not mind he or she. My only stipulation with the people who know me is I ask that they don't exclusively use she, especially if it feels pointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I I understand that very much. Yes. So, you know, the, the quick and easy answer is always they, them, please. But, you know, realistically, it's actually fine. Anything's fine. I just smacked myself on the desk. Yeah, it's the anything's fine, but it's sort of like how, uh, like, you know, like condoms are like 96 percent. Uh, mm-hmm. like like with with perfect use but with yep. like general use it drops down to 87 so you have to like <laughs> you have to stimulate it's like yeah my pronouns are hypothetically everything but for yeah. the general public i really need to in this situation I, I, i'm just gonna need you to pull out and use they them yeah exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but yes yeah, so that's mine um <laughs> We'll save we'll save our guest for last. So Sam, what are your preferred pronouns? If if you're good, I'm good. Sorry, just uh, okay, I'm destroyed. I'm done. I'm. I really I really appreciate a well inured and explored metaphor. Uh, yeah. With uh, it's just well done. Excellent play between between our guests. Uh, hi, I'm Sam. I I use he him. Um, yeah, that that suits me just fine. I don't think anyone's uh, misgendered me because I do look like uh, those kind of like front garden gnomes. Um, so <laughs> put a little red hat on me. They're like, hey, that's a little fella. That's a little guy. It's a little yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel you've you've had a you've had a very uh. It'll be interesting or good to have the perspective of someone who's just had a very easy time coming into their mm. gender. <laughs> That is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. yeah I, I'm happy I for you, Sam. I am too. And I understand uh, <laughs> that uh, my narrative is underserved within this discussion. <laughs> I So I wanted, you, you, you had been joking about that. And I wanted to mm. say, because this is, this is um, certainly not the first time I've, I've talked about, you know, gender related things on a podcast. And once upon a time, on my own podcast, which is now uh, no longer currently running, but we have an episode archived of Femsplained, um, uh, where we talked about our gender identities, me mm. and Avalon. And we had Avalon's 
uh, husband there with us who normally just does a little blurb at the start of the podcast uh, called The Mansplain Minute, uh, where he confidently explains our topic in under a minute for us without any prior uh, (laughs) knowledge. Um, Incredible. (laughs) But for the gender one, we thought it would be very funny because he too is a a very confidently and happily cis uh, straight man. And uh, he said sort of the same thing at the start where he was like, of course, I'm, you know, so qualified to talk about this topic. And then as a joke, accidentally made the most beautiful metaphor for gender that I have ever heard that perfectly describes how I feel in which he said, and I'll try to paraphrase it without taking up too much time, but he said that, uh, you know, when... Uh, talking to or about Dylan, um, there can be one of three things. And then he described three of his favorite cups in his house. Uh, A number one dad glass, a tulip glass, and a souvenir steel mug from <laughs> that he got from a day fair with unlimited refills that cost $36. And, and he described those three things as my three <laughs> identities. And I, and it like, like he was very much joking, but at the end I was like, nailed it though. <laughs> Uh, wow. You got it. Um, yeah. So I just think that it's, it's interesting to, to include you in this discussion anyway, even though you may not have had this experience because, you know, you, you never know what you're gonna either get out of it or stumble upon when you're in it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I have to say that, um, you know, I'm very lucky Gosh, I don't know how to word this. I'm very lucky to have a number of straight cisgender men that are actually really empathetic, cool, cool dudes uh, in my life. Uh, that is yeah. something that, you know, some people do struggle with. But uh, I will say, you know, knowing Sam, um, that I was, it, it felt natural. It was like, well, yeah, of course we'll have him in on this discussion. Uh, and of course he'll have some things to say and he's going to be very empathetic and you know he's going to give a shit so it'll be great so you know not to embarrass you in front of everyone sam but i have some confidence in you i'm blushing (laughs) thank you thank you thank you both that's very sweet of you to say now don't don't fuck up sam (laughs) (laughs) the tightrope has been made you've been put on a real high pedestal as the good (laughs) sis great guy so (laughs) Don't fuck it up. It's opinion time for the last. <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm gonna sit. I'm I'm gonna sit quite confidently in the other corner and go. At some point, Sam's gonna say something, and we're all gonna go bad. Oh, it's I mean. I have, I haven't, uh, I like that we're hedging bets now, but I, 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 I never, I never necessarily believed that things would go perfect. I just have confidence in Sam to handle things with grace. Yes. I, Sam and I go back a long, long time. We've been friends since like we were in our teens. So mm. I can, I can quite confidently say like, I have all all confidence in Sam and I know he's a wonderfully <laughs> empathetic human being and I would wish nothing more than 
for him to fuck up like, right now. Like, I just think it would be wonderful. I was about um, to say, we, we've gone long enough padding the, the cis yeah. person on like, look, you're fine. Don't worry. You're not going to harm anyone. Please just be quiet. Um, <laughs> just sit down. Yes. Be good. Uh, so, but... But, but but I never answered the question. I forgot to do that Dylan. part. Uh, but yeah, I um um I I ask that people use she, he, and they pronouns for me. Um and uh, I mean my expectations are low, but I uh that's 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 what I that's what I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I will say uh, about our whole patting the cis guy um, on the back and telling him it's going to be okay. Uh, I, I do think that there is room for everyone in gender discussion if you've got your listening ears on. So, mm-hmm. oh yes, yeah. let's it's... Uh, hit the ground running. I guess. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jess? I was going to say, yeah, it's it. It feels like a topic that has been demonized. Uh, No, it's a topic that has been demonized and weaponized by communities that don't want to talk about it. And I think they're making, especially online, they make the gender discussion sound a lot scarier than it is. And I hate it. So if we can make it even slightly funny or slightly dumb or slightly like a Beyblade arena, then I'm I'm here for it. I just think that like... It's, it, these are the discussions, hopefully, that will impact the way that the, the next generation of TTRPG players come into the space and go, cool, I can be anything I want and I have no yeah. biases whatsoever. That is the dream future. But whether or not that happens because of this one podcast is probably, that might be, that might be hedging it too I much. I have all the confidence that this <laughs> one episode of a, of a very new podcast is going to change the world, Jess. <laughs> Why not? Let's have confidence in something. Why not this? Fuck it. Um, Absolutely. But, um, but no, like, because TTRPGs for me, um, as just sort of like as a launch point into the, the topic, TTRPGs for me are what made me question my... Uh, oh, the, yeah. The, the way I perceived not only uh, my own identity, my, my gender mm-hmm. identity, and also my sexual identity as well. So that's the whole, the whole oh, yeah. trifecta of it all. And it made me more able to empathize and realize that it's so fluid and I, I it, it just had never clicked before I started role playing and that opened up an entire new world for me and also in terms of like body confidence and body I've had this body dysmorphia since a very young age and the whole system and the way it was able to open up my mind to different possibilities and different perspectives changed everything TTRPGs are the reason I identify as she, they, and I love blurring the line sometimes. And sometimes I go mask and sometimes I go femme. But it was the stepping stone that led me into it. So I am very passionate about that in particular. Um, And I think that the more that kids play TTRPGs, they should be, they should be told like, don't, don't just, you don't have to stick to being a guy just because you're a guy. Yeah. And I I have (laughs) friends who have discovered things about their own um, sexuality, gender, X, Y, Z, like the whole nine yards um, by playing uh, different types of characters, different genders, so on and so forth. But I also have friends like completely cis straight male friends who are like, I like playing girls. 
and that's okay too but it's it's yeah. really fascinating that you know you don't get that opportunity to be something else be someone else or right. be who you really are unless you give yourself the chance mm. to jump into it right it's so. a very safe way to do so uh, yes. because it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't come with the real world risks um associated with that kind of experimentation so you mm. are presumably playing around with these with this little gender toolbox um that exists inside the land of make-believe and you are doing that with presumably your group of friends or possibly your family or what have you um but you're not doing it out in a in, in in public uh and you can kind of safely play with that toolbox until you find something that fits and the thing that fits may be the thing that you entered the toolbox with but uh but either way you're still playing around you're still experimenting and then you can still come out the other side more equipped to face the challenge of going out into the real world with that. And, and it's low risk, you know? Yes. I, I know you kind of covered that as well, but it's very much like you don't even have to out yourself to your friends that you're playing with if you're not there yet. Exactly. Yeah. It also... If you even realize. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it's also, I think people don't, assume that gender is a state of mind more than anything else they for the longest period of time i grew up believing like gender is bits it's biology that's it that is you are a girl you are a boy that is it and mm -hmm. actually getting into the the mindset of what i thought male was flipped everything around for me because all of a sudden, the characters I were playing, the, all of my characters were huge men. That was it. Because I wanted a sense of power, control, and confidence. And looking back, I can say that now with confidence. That was what I was looking for in those characters. But the flip that it was like, oh, no, you just have to be male for that. Like, it, it was a mind fuck for me for a good year. Right. But Right. That's very interesting. But yeah. that... that, that the, the identifying that from the get-go mm -hmm. from the start is is not something that comes easily it's not something i think people tend to dive into but when you have a table full of people that are willing to play around with different um types um and different especially i think a table that is willing to change body sizes in particular go from small to large to muscular to rounded whatever it may be there is even more of a sense that physicality doesn't matter at a table it, it everything works eventually everything pulls around and having the oh gender affects this yeah. stereotype yeah. like like drilled into your head and then being able to just sort of dissolve that and go but no it doesn't actually Mm -hmm. it, it, that, that realization I think there's a very private way of, of, of having that realization and then a very public way of having it the private yeah. being like oh, I'm going to start branching out into more characters that I'm more comfortable with and, and, and that challenge that norm a bit more and then yeah yeah. I, I don't know if it, this is a, a, an experience that everyone else has had or if it's just like a, oh no I'm just 
I'm being a well, big old I think, I think it's very interesting because even like the, the path you described into discovering that, like had you like wanting a sense of power and control and, and uh, strength and stability and things like that is not necessarily really connected to any one gender. But the fact that in so so another person who uh, felt you know, securely in, in like securely safe in a cisgendered like woman place, uh, might also want those things. And that might come out in them playing extremely powerful female characters. Like there's like the, the fact that your, your brain translated those things for you without you knowing hmm. like it was like you 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 want to play with this you want to play with this and that's 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 our that's our answer yeah i think mm-hmm. what was what was the first character in the ttrpg space that you ever played oh my god um uh, myself uh there's no shame in it there's no shame in it it's so corny i played i played a game of what were we playing we were playing demon the fallen oh wow um this is also way before i joined the larger hobby space i had i played um with a group of people who um if you are out there and hear this sincerely Fuck you. All of you. <laughs> um, yes. uh, you're all terrible people, and I'm, I'm I'm glad I never have to see you. Uh, however, get him. We did. We played. We played a game of Demon the Fallen, wherein we played ourselves, uh, and it was pretty. I mean, it was a pretty good game, um, but it was very like it was too much. I was not in a good place, nor was I playing with a good group of people to play yourself. Is that's a little too raw? The 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 mm. the oh yeah, you know, because all our characters have a bit of ourselves in them, right? But right. like doing that without any sort of puppetry or shield or like you know, uh, padding small. around the edges with a with a with a group of people who are not very good people mm. is a very is too much. It's way too raw. God. Yeah, right. And even like from uh, taking that to a completely different setting, even with people who just aren't okay. I guess we can. I can broad this into exploring really difficult topics with people who are not emotionally ready to handle that. Yeah. Is also a yeah. very difficult situation. Quite. Yeah. Um, I've definitely been Agreed. there. It was less about gender and more about emotional vulnerability, and there were too many people who needed too many things that they were trying to get from the TTRP space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, easily. <laughs> that could very easily be an entire different episode. But yeah, it's. Um, I think one of the things that's integral is so important. You can do it without it, um, especially if you're just someone who uh, I'm pretty easily affected by other people's feelings and needs and so on and so forth. But if you're someone who's not, you can do it one way or another. But I think something that's integral to really feeling safe and exploring yourself is feeling as if your table is a safe space. Mm. Um, So, you know, 
adding the extra pile on top of that of, oh, I was playing myself and then I was being vulnerable with these people. That sounds like a nightmare, actually. Like, <laughs> like, yes, it does. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry that was your first experience. That's okay. Uh, it's long since passed and I think I've, 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 I've rubbed their noses in it from afar quite uh -huh. enough. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm still in the space and I'm thriving. And I'm thriving, yes. So. It's good to perennially put the weed killer down just in case stuff pops up again. Just, yeah, just um, in case. Yeah. I have not forgotten. Um, <laughs> just so you guys know. Just so you know. <laughs> so have when you, you ever were... specific... Oh, no. Oh, sorry, after you. I, it might be the same question. It feels like it's leading up to it. Oh. Have each of us specifically made a character to play around with that gendered space? Have we deliberately gone, I'm going to try this? I wouldn't say a character. I would say so many. Mm -hmm. uh, like there, you know, in the beginning, there was... Um, uh, there, <laughs> there was a time when I was first toying and turning this idea around in my head where I exclusively played guy characters it was like what you know i just like dudes of all different shapes sizes personalities whatever i was trying to like just play with what that meant to me hmm. and now uh now i'm on a kick where i really want to roll the dice with that i want i want the characters that i play to be all manner of like gender presentation and and identity because that's what I am. Uh, and I find that very fun now. Um, there's something I read somewhere, someone on Tumblr say something that was very, very accurate to my experience was that mm -hmm. the for some people, uh, like gender exploration and coming out as non-binary is, uh, is running as far away from your assigned gender as, at birth uh, as fast as you can and then cautiously approaching it from behind like is and, and like that's kind of what can confirm <laughs> what yeah. it has been for me and so I do I play a lot of lady characters I even play a lot of like hyper feminine lady characters as well mm. like like really high uh femme characters because that is part of like the beauty of of gender to me is that there is like a because it is all a, a construct all of these things are permissible no matter who you are so me being a person who identifies more masculine there is no reason why i cannot play with high femme as well like like that that's because yeah. it's all we're we're breaking these rules because these rules are bad uh yeah so, exactly. so yeah uh so there's there's that i will go last because i feel like mine's kind of convoluted and a bit of a doozy so uh popcorn <laughs> um my oh gosh right okay there <laughs> there is a, a a game that i i don't think you can play real realistically anymore i don't know though it's legend of the five rings i yeah if you you, you certainly can't stream it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think, unless... No, no, there is no way. But this was several years ago. 
Um, and I played a, I wanted to push the boundaries on what I had been playing. Cause up until that point I had been very, very femme presenting, um, stealthily confident and or anxious, powerful humanoid characters. Generally, mm-hmm. that was it. That was pretty much what I stuck to in my lane. Um, we played Legend of the Five Rings and Legend of the Five Rings has a strong Eastern influence. Um, it also, in the way it sort of is developed and designed, makes it feel like male characters are preferred. It, it has that Ooh. sense about it. Um, you can, you are more than welcome to play female characters within it, but the general sense that you get is uh, it is all a lot of the art that is involved is male. There are strong female characters, but it feels like the setting just it it pushes you towards the male sort of section. So are they strong via exception? Like, you know, these are exceptional. Oh, like fans, magic. Therefore or, that's or, why. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, okay. yeah. It, it very much came across like that. So I decided in that sort of way that I was playing at the time, which was control and power in any way I could get it. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to break this. I'm going to play um, a large uh, gentleman and have a good time. That's it. I'm not going to make him muscular. I'm going to make him large. And Mm -hmm. there is a confidence that I developed as him that I have never felt before and I'll never forget. And it was using my physicality while I was role playing changed. Like it was Uh allowing myself to take up space role playing, which again, at that point, again, I hadn't really done. And asserting my opinion and making it so but doing it as as my guy as my my large brilliant guy and Mm -hmm. uh, like his you know his belly rumble like he would shake he would shake he was sturdy he was strong but he was you know huge and he was he changed the way that I perceived not only the ability to role play but myself because I was this guy I embodied him I felt him deep down like I had always been him I I loved being yes. him and there was this confidence yeah. oh I can't it, it, Hell yes. it feels so hard to put into words how <laughs> shifting like I as if, if you've never seen me in person I, I I'm I'm streaming I'm I post pictures of myself online but I am a, a medium-sized uh, white human female uh uh <laughs> terminology technically on but <laughs> i get it <laughs> it was i get it flip it on its head and play something completely opposite to that and then actually finding myself that was the point in my head that i went i'm i'm not female i'm not that that can't be how i identify if i if i can so easily slip into this and feel this and be this and have this i want to have yeah. it all i want everything now nah, fuck this I, I'm, I'm out of the box now i would like all of it. Thank you very much. And good night. <laughs> I will take uh, one of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have it all. And since then, it has been nothing but playing around with everything that the toy box has to offer, uh, yeah. instead of just so resolutely going. Nah, this is my Phillips head screwdriver, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that was. I'm sure I can hammer this in with a Phillips head. It'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's how tools 
I have actually tried. Um, I don't know. But sometimes oh, yeah. you just don't want to go downstairs and get the hammer. I don't know. We're going to get a little convoluted in this metaphor if I keep going. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just good. waiting for you to run out of rope with it. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's fraying a little. It's a little. Good. Sam, <laughs> yeah. what about you? Have you? Actually, Sam, have you ever played a character that's non-male? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I don't know, because we've, we've played a couple of games together, but not the ones, I guess, they have been playing without me. But okay, fine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sam so, wanted to explore his gender in a different. <laughs> yeah, you could stay out of it. Um, <laughs> I did childhood friends, man. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> I did play uh, a one-shot game as a. I I at the time, uh, I was feeling very differently about myself as I as I am now, and I was not very confident. Uh, and I wanted mm-hmm. to play someone who's very capable, very confident, and very assured. Yeah. And I was a like sex positive, very kind of like high. Like I felt like uh, she was basically like I played a, a warlock witch, and she was like very sex positive. She was very assured of herself, and she was just very confident in her capabilities. And she was treated badly by the other players in the table. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna, I was literally going to ask you if, because I, yeah, go on, because I I, I wanted to ask that. Yeah. She was, so she was very sex positive. Like, you know, she's there, like, hey, I'm going to the tunnel. I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna have sex with some sexy people. And I was like, (laughs) ready for that to be like lights out, scene done. And I was like, that's just a throwaway comment. Uh, she was hypersexualized. Uh, she was uh, punished. There was some like exhaustion oh. mechanics that were inflicted on her. And Are I was you like, what? With me yeah. Right and I was like, come on, no An one's that good at sex about that. I would have just, yeah. You know what? Okay, uh, listeners, I don't actually uh, encourage violence. So I would have punched him in the face right there. Oh my it god, was, I wouldn't have. It was. But I it was an to. unfun experience. Uh, mm. She was the only uh, female Love character it. at the table uh mechanically fine uh but like she was treated poorly so yeah good instinct though yeah yeah oh well i I was gonna ask because i do note that at some tables when i choose to play a high femme character i do note that it is harder for me to get that character taken seriously by other players Mm -hmm. even people i uh i i tend to enjoy uh i think the subconscious bias is is exactly what it is you know, and and comes out in people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's so depressing. I hope you get to, yeah. if you are interested, I hope you get to play um, a femme presenting or, you know, female character again in a safer space. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I do now the Atomless. I get to play a lovely lady character and my my yay. my Atomless crew is very good to me. Uh, yeah, That's they wonderful. sound great. And you too, yes. Sam, like. I mean, I, obviously, I did you actually, know us, so like I did have a great time. I <laughs> I was playing, uh, I was playing the the Lancer campaign, No Room for a Warflower, and the first NPC that they introduce is uh, a trans woman called Brava Hadora, and I basically transplanted that really femme, high, like very capable woman into Brava. She's a like she's a soldier, like she's looking after this town, she's doing her best, uh, and like. Yeah, I got to I got to play parts of that character in that NPC, and it was respected in that space. 
Uh, oh, it was I a very that. different table. So it was it was nicer to do that. But yeah, it's it's sometimes it's easier when you're playing an NPC as the game runner to be like, yeah, I can control how this space interacts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, like, so with your your first experience with your high femme character, your view, mm. what was her name? You know, I cannot remember. I think I went full tilt witch. I would not be surprised if they were called like Sabrina or like Lilith or something. Sure, sure. Yeah. You call her Sabrina um, for the time being. Like after playing Sabrina, how long did it take you to, to be or to feel comfortable playing? Um, what was uh, the, the NPC's name? I forget. About it must have been about four or five years, Ooh. and now I'm playing uh, a very different kind. I, I now I do a lot of different male characters that are exploring parts of fragile masculinity and kind of like exploring masculinity through different sections of it and going, what does it mean to be a man in this setting? What does it mean to be masculine here? What are their values and what pushes them? to various degrees. And I know we're all doing that with most of our characters. We're trying to push them to see where their values are. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm trying to latch on to parts of masculinity that are, you know, hard codified into the the male psyche and, and try and break them and stress them and see what happens there. And right now, um, Dylan, the three of us are in a Dragonlance campaign and Sam unintentionally has just basically made steed bonnet from our flag means <laughs> hell yeah okay <laughs> it is delightful um, right love that you can be like oh we need to go talk to this person he's like great i'll i'll bring some pastries and someone behind <laughs> him is like cracking their knuckles and like oh my god i didn't mean to actually do it i'm so sorry if that anybody sounded is uh... so satisfying <laughs> oh my god Oh God, I'm over thirty. Um, so... <laughs> well, welcome to the Body Parts and Pain podcast. Uh, it's really yes. lovely to have you all here. Before we were talking about knees, now we're back yeah. on knuckles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still, I'm unclear on what knees are. Nobody knows what knees are. This is an established <laughs> yeah. fact. This podcast uh, didn't answer that question at all. Come no, on, sir. What are knees? The day we answer that that question is the day this podcast ends, and I'm not ready for that. So. Oh my. God. All right, fine. All right, that's our that's our new ultimatum. Great. <laughs> I will try. Thank you, Sam. I, yeah, I will try to make this ki- relatively concise while still getting my point across, uh, because I did not come into my gender exploration through TTRP, um, but it was there with me the whole time. Uh, so I was, in some ways, an incredibly linear kid. Um, I did not realize that you could like people of the same gender as you until I was in, I was roughly 13 and a friend of mine told me that she liked another friend. And I went, Mm -hmm. oh, and I just, you know, I was very, uh, malleable. I wasn't very, um, I didn't have any preconceived notions about any of those things being good or bad. So I just, I accepted it, but I had a moment of going, oh, wow, that's a thing. Oh, cool. Yes. And then I <laughs> subsequently had another moment where, where I went, oh God, I have a crush on her. Um, <laughs> I set them up because I wanted them to be happy. And that's the kind of child I was. Um, it all through high school, and I touched on this very briefly in um, uh, pod- the podcast that Sam and I did, all through high school, people would say to me, 
you're a gay man trapped in a woman's body. I didn't know what transgender was or any sort of gender exploration at all, but people would say this to me constantly. And I was a bit sassy and I didn't take things super seriously, I guess is the best way to put it. So I would say, honey, no, I'm a bi man trapped in a woman's body. Because by then I was already very assured that, you know, I liked probably all genders. Um, And, you know, this is the mid 2000s. So this, um, a lot of the terminology and things that we had later didn't come around right away. And I was like roughly 20 to 22 before somebody was like hey um being transgender is a thing and i was like huh yeah fascinating it's amazing how so much of this hinges on just somebody being like this is a thing yeah 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 Yeah. like do you know a passing movie (laughs) reference can can (laughs) just change everything suddenly did you get the latest gender dlc (laughs) gender's just dropped (laughs) yeah no it's literally it it's sometimes looking back on it it is truly wild to me that i did not manage to pick anything any of this up from my periphery even though i'm sure some of it was going on you know i'm sure there were people of the same gender dating each other i'm sure somebody i knew was either closeted transgender or you know whatever i'm sure but mm-hmm. it just went straight over my head until someone like looked me in the eyes and went, you can be gay. You can be a different gender. <laughs> yeah. And I went, huh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Neat. Um, and up until I was about 20, I think, and this is, mind you, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was 11. Um, so I'm going by memory. Um, at the very least, I can say memorable formative characters up until I was about 20 were always female. I always yeah. played um, woman characters. Oh. Uh, and it wasn't until some... So this is, in a way, how TTRP began to come hand in hand with my self-exploration. Because it wasn't until someone said that to me in real life I could be a different gender that for some reason I realized, oh, I can be a different gender in fake life too. Right. Um, and I got more into this again in the chat with uh, Sam, so I don't feel the need to extrapolate heavily, but I roleplayed online a lot, and the one thing that I did do when I was roughly 16 years old is lie to everyone about my gender online. Um, <laughs> which... Oh, <man. laughs> um, and I... Uh, it wasn't because... It wasn't... For me, it wasn't the... Um, my voice or my saying I am um, a female person on um, games are getting me treated poorly, which is what happened to a lot of people and a lot of why people develop those personas. For me, mm-hmm. it was a, at the time to me seemingly arbitrary choice I had made. And in order to keep the lie up, I began to tell people uh, if they saw pictures of me or whatever that I was my own twin brother. Oh, interesting. So I Mm -hmm. basically, and I didn't know why I was doing this. Right. And and unfortunately, it got cut very, not very short. I I perpetuated this probably for the better part of a year. But it got cut short when my girlfriend at the time um, decided I was a big lying meanie pants. 
and logged online and told everybody that this guy, Josh, did not really exist. Um, oh, that's not... Yeah. That is, that, that is traumatic. And, it and then it brought it years. crashing down. Yeah, it oh. brought everything crashing down for me at that moment. And I had the shame of, I didn't know why I did it in the first place. And I was like, oh, I'm a big fat liar. Cool. You know? Right. Um, why, why was this so important that I did wh- this? And yeah. why am I so upset that she's done this? Like, objectively, I'm lying. And she just told my friends the truth so what's the problem and i didn't mm-hmm. get to come back and explore that until my early 20s when i realized that maybe i didn't identify as a woman yeah so uh th- those are what were was happening externally of ttrpgs in addition to that until my mid-twenties, I was, um, my profession, and prior to that, everything I was studying to become since I was eight was, uh, musical theater. Yeah. Where you go to an audition and they tell you that you don't look feminine enough, or you're too short for the role, or you need, you know, or you look, you don't look old enough or womanly enough, or you need to hit X, Y, Z over and over and over. I did eventually leave musical theater for that reason. Um, because the things that they wanted me to be were things I didn't have control over. It, it was wasn't... that controlled and that, like, pushed on you. Yes. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Is, is, is... Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Musical theatre, especially in that era prior to things like Hamilton and In the Heights and, you know, that diversified musical theatre um, in many ways, um, typecasting was incredibly narrow. Dylan, yes. do um, you have like a similar? Because you're nodding. I like, do. Yes, yeah. So you I, like yes, a... I I did oh. I did I did theater, uh, and I uh, was uh, a classically trained doll through my college years, and it's a rough. Yeah, I also holy crap, it's just difficult. echo that experience. Yes. So yeah. okay, I want to see if maybe like your your cracking out of this, as it were is kind of similar to one another's because if it it's I find it really I've never had the opportunity to talk to people who have been in the musical theatre and theatre spaces both of which have come out and gone um no gender does not work that way before so this is really interesting to me so yeah how, how did you we we have a slightly different like experience uh, we experienced the same thing reacted to it differently okay uh, is is what it sounds like to me so what i experienced was that um i was routinely cast as male characters in uh shows um starting pretty early on and being pretty like explicitly like repetitive And it was something that I noticed that my peers were always sorry to me about. And I was not understanding why they were sorry. Like, and it didn't Mm. click for many years later. And there's like a whole laundry list of other things like that. Um, When they, when you say that they were sorry for you, like, what do you mean? Like, Like my friends would always be like, like, oh, it sucks that you have to do that. Oh, man, like, you know, I I wish we had more, you know, I wish we had more guys auditioning so that you didn't have to do that. That sucks. This is so, Oh, so put on you like it was like a burden as opposed to an opportunity. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this was the shitty, like, oh, man, that sucks kind of thing. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, does it? Okay, it does. <laughs> it's another thing. Um, page, I've, I've also, I work in healthcare and there have always been patients, especially patients who are a little more elderly, a little bit in, you know, patient, patients experiencing things like dementia and Alzheimer's would call me, sir, call, you know, like, call, like, who's that boy over there? Things like that. And my colleagues, similarly, would always be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like their their family members even be like, I'm so sorry, miss. I'm so sorry that that happened. I'm like, I like should I be uh, upset about this? I yeah. don't like, hate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I noticed that like it was something that clearly like, people were cons- consensus was that that was an unfortunate thing to happen to you. And they were right because if I were a, you know, a cis woman, they would be misgendering me. So it right. would actually be a negative experience and was for all of these other people around me, that would be a negative experience. And I was like, well, oh. I'm and they not... were empathizing through their own lens. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, this they would were... suck for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so I had only two experiences um that affirmed anything for me other than you need to be more feminine, etc. And they were both in um, high school. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was not in the professional theater. Well, actually, I had one good experience and one terrible the other side experience. The really good experience was my theater director who saw me in a way that I didn't see me at that point. Like he was trying to get mm-hmm. me to go to a pride parade. Um, not like with him, that would have been creepy, but he was just like, are you going to the, are you going to the pride parade? So, and I was like, there's a pride parade. Like, you know, wow. Yeah. And then I was like, mom, can I go to the pride parade? She's like, no. Um, because, uh, and it wasn't even, well, I don't know, but I will say for my, my mother has always been worried about safety and she thought it was not a good area, even though objectively it really is. So mm-hmm. I don't know that it actually had anything to do with the rainbow aspect of that. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, but he cast, we did God and Death by Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. And there is a character in God and Death who is the writer of the play. So basically oh, the writer yeah. of the play comes in and is like, you know, giving the characters a hard time and giving the audience a hard time. And I was given that role. And he was like, it's a good role. Actually. I want you to yeah. play this as a man. I'm, I'm happy for you to be very effeminate, very gay. If you'd like, um, I'm going to sit you down in my office um, and you're going to watch the birdcage. And I want you to do a character study on, you know, Robin Williams's character. Mm. And that's that's how I that's how I see this character. If you're happy with it, that's how I want to go forward with this. And I was like, absolutely. Yes, this is great. This is awesome. And I had so much fun. But then uh, at a similar time, we um, I did a lot of singing competitions. Uh, that was one of my big things. Um, and the Detroit Symphony Orchestra had a competition. And I went to my uh, choir uh, director at the time. Um, he had he his friend was the like private vocal coach that we all had to take. Um, mm. And I went to him and I was like, hi. Yeah, um, I would like to sing stars from Les Mis. Um, and he was like, I don't know why you're doing that. You're, you know, your voice isn't right for a man's song. That's a man's song. And you're never going to get any parts if you sing a man's song. Uh, yeah. And th- that was the kind of thing that got, even in a ni- even in nicer 
settings in that era, even with yeah. people who loved me and appreciated me for who I was, did have to sit me down and go, you're not going to get a part if you do it this way. You know, I'm sorry. I, you know, even my mentors who, who really loved right. and appreciated me genuinely, mm -hmm. um, knowing the industry the way it was, was like, basically conform or you're never going to get it. You're never going to have a job. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that something sucks. that I struggled with. Like, when, when about was this? Like, what, what year are we talking? 2007 to 2010 would have been when I was in my adult, like just barely adulthood okay. um, experiencing this. But From... I was being brought up hmm. pri even prior then. I started doing theater when I was in my single digits and all of my mentors of course would have been a generation behind as well. So like, so, so, okay. No doubt this has been institutionalized as a way of enforcing gender, but in terms of like what you see with the movements that have been coming through sort of like these days um, and with more toolboxes as there are, do you think that theater these days is as strict with that no. enforcement of gender, like what, like that flip from like mid two thousand tens, when it so became, you're still gonna experience it. You are, yeah. yeah it's not but... like it, it. No miracles happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but like, it's it's improving. Okay, so, so, like noticeably enough that I am returning to the theater space. Hopefully, oh, that that's brilliant. Rad. That that I'm, rules. I I've been doing little Good things ending. here and there, testing the water uh, waters a little bit. Um. But it, there was two sides to that. And the other side to that is I'm much more comfortable in portraying femininity. So it's yeah. not, you know, yes, the industry has changed in a way that I feel as a human being more comfortable in it. But I'm also willing and able, not even willing, able to do things I wasn't able to do when I was younger. I'm better at makeup. I'm better at portraying what people think a woman is, you know. Uh, so is it that... being treated like a like a gateway, like a launch pad into what you can possibly do now in theatre, as opposed to going back mm. all the way and being like, I must be feminine. This is like a, I'm going to be feminine at first and then. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's, oh, brilliant. This... And there are roles that I could hop into right now that are not designed to be feminine at this point. Amazing. And there's even been mm. like, also, I will say like, and I, I, I hate to bring him up like he's the only person who's ever done anything for diversity in theater because it's simply false. However, like Lin-Manuel Miranda has said things like, well, yeah, I, I'd cast a woman as King George. I'd cast it. You know, I don't care as long as uh, as long as they do the part, you know, so uh, yeah. it's the language around theater is changing. And I know that we've kind of veered slightly into theater here uh i i well, would apologize I mean, they're, but they're cousins that they're cousins, they are cousins. Yes. and it, it, yeah. if it's if if that sort of mentality is affecting the theater space it's definitely had an impact in the ttrpg space it's changing sure. everything is impacting one another the more that one industry is influenced and changed the more something related to it will be absolutely until eventually hopefully everything is and yes if and you I, guys are I did, seeing it. Yeah, I did see that it has changed. And, and for me, 
after I was introduced to the concept of, you know, being able to be transgender and stuff like that, because <laughs> someone <laughs> had to say it to me directly, because that's exactly. who I was a person. Um, I, you know, I mostly played male TTRP characters. Now, this is something I want to bring full circle and get some reactions to, because I played pretty much male characters. I was very comfortable, very happy in that. And for a long time, I identified um, pretty much he, they only. Um, I will say that some of my choices to be more fluid are kind of superficial. I really like women's fashion and people look at me and think, oh, look, a woman, and I just can't be bothered. Um, and, you know, that's not necessarily a pillar of example, but uh, I, I've i gotten to an age where I'm like, well, shit, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I was playing pretty much exclusively males, but then I entered into two spaces that are directly tangent to TTRPG, one of them being LARP, and one of them being streaming tabletop role-playing games. Suddenly, I stopped playing men. And I think I know why I did it. Is because I knew I didn't feel safe to not be misgendered. I didn't feel safe in this public space to say I'm playing a man and not have someone look at me and say she and how that is going to affect me as a person asking to be identified in a certain way, but someone seeing me and making their own decision. And mm -hmm. in my life, I recognize at this point in my life, those of you who have not seen me, I now present relatively feminine. I have very long hair. Um, I sometimes wear makeup. Um, I'm... Mm -hmm kind of a small person so in my day-to-day -day life if some stranger or someone I barely know calls me she it does not bother me I've come to terms with that but the idea of choosing to be a male character and having people misgender me over and over and over and over and over um I suddenly started being like it's not worth it it's now, from then, yeah. I, yeah. I did branch into non-binary characters as well, but I've played very few males in both the streaming and LARP space. Oh. And I'm, I'm wondering how you, like, Dylan, how, how do you, uh, ha have you had that experience or any feelings like that? And, the uh, you know, the two of you have any thoughts? Mm -hmm. I have. I mean, I have had experiences like that. There was a time for me, because this space is so uh lawless uh i will say <laughs> yeah like it's the, the wild AP, west the ap space is very much the wild west and so there was a time when i was new to the space that i was i didn't know when opportunity would just go away so i took everything like right. anytime anyone asked me to do anything uh it didn't matter who you were i did it i burned myself out pretty hard doing that one from being overworked but two because I was not putting in time to vet people that I was you know that I was playing with at all and so right. I had a lot more of those bad experiences I will say uh I've only had one experience like that in recent memory and I had agreed to do the thing without vetting them because it was for charity. And mm. I have now added that to my list. I, it doesn't matter if it's for charity or not. I am still going to check up on you and see <laughs> see what you're about before oh, I yeah. do this kind of thing. Because I don't have the energy for it anymore. No. I am 
I'm so blessed to be in a group of people, both in terms of the people I collaborate with, my friends, et cetera, like that I'm so acknowledged and accepted and I just don't have the energy to go back into that kind of environment anymore. So I Hell don't. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it once like once that egg was cracked for me, I'm like, wow, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Valid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the rudest um, awakenings for me was um, playing with a group of people who've known me for a very long time um, in a private game, not even in streaming or whatever, who are doing the same thing. I'm playing a, I'm yeah. playing a male character, a, a cisgender male identifying male character. Yeah. And I'm getting she a lot. And it's it's really, it's really been reinforcing why I haven't been able to be vulnerable enough in a space where people can see my face. Or, yeah. or well, I mean, obviously at other tables, people could see my face, but you get used to it in that table and you, you know, mm. you move forward. But when you add a streaming, you have the whole audience to worry about as well as the players. And how do you, you know, and approaching it on stream, if someone's consistently mad, it's just, there's so many layers that I'm just like, oh God. My experience (laughs) with that and on stream, and if someone misgenders you on stream is uh, what a friend told me was the Andy Murray approach. Mm -hmm. And it is the minute that they go, oh yes, uh, she does this. You just go, he, and if, And if they and if they question it, they go, "What?" You go, "He, my player, is a male character." In the same way that Andy Murray went, uh, "Male, <laughs> I am the first male uh, tennis uh, international." Oh US yeah, star. that's right. That yes, from yeah. that clip where he's just like, "No, nah, I'm just going to correct you because he knows he's right. You know you're right. Just correct them because if they haven't gotten it past yet, or if they are struggling with it, or whatever it may be, whatever the excuse may be." They can go, oh, yes, sorry. And then, and if it continues to happen, you're not the one that looks like the dickhead on stream. They are. That's true. I've, I've very, don't let them get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I've very much been, um, I always try to like, oh, so um, she pulls out the uh, the paper and I go, yeah, so he pulls out the paper. Like I always yeah. restate it with the correct, but it's like, it seems to go over. It's just frustrating. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't have the answers to everything, but I like, I like that. I really do think that's probably the right. Yeah. And if you don't do it aggressively and you're just like, yeah you know like if you're not out for the throat like then yeah that's it's a it's it's a personal preference but like dylan do you have any (laughs) any ways to combat it that you have come across and you've been uh streaming and playing much longer than i think a lot of us but um is there are there any tools or tic tic tacs (laughs) tic tacs tactics Tactics. Are there any <laughs> tactics that you have for addressing a misgendering in that sort of My uh, tactic is, is, is to correct, uh, you know, um, my tactic is to correct for me. My tactic is also to correct for other people. So if that person, you know, it's, it's, it's easier if uh, someone else does the correcting for you, it's a little less pressure on you. And so I try to do that as well. The thing is that that happens sometimes for non-nefarious, non-you know, oh, ignorant yeah. reasons sometimes. Mm. Um, and so 
if it just happens and I and I have to correct you maybe a few times if that that's that's right. whatever. That but is what if, it is. But if I note that my like that the correction is not really sticking and that this is like a repetitive thing, truthfully my tactic is to politely say goodbye and never work with you again. Oh, that's my that's look. that's my that's Valid, my actual honestly. tactic. Scorched if it is a repetitive thing, you know, like if it, I think if it feels malicious, I'm generally right. a, yeah, I would do the I same thing. Say, I'm terrible at thinking whether it's whether it's malicious yeah. or if it's an accident though. Like if they genuinely are just like, no, no, I'm sorry, because the, the visualizing it can sometimes be difficult for some people. Yeah. Understandable. If you can see them making the concerted effort, yes. But if it if yeah. it's if I thought it was malicious, I'd probably peace out immediately as well. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Maliciousness. But... but if it's just like that accidental, like, God, no, sorry, fuck. I, I keep doing... I'm terrible with right. names. Yeah. I'm terrible with faces. I do it for both a lot. Um, I but... think the struggle I have is I've had more than one scenario where I genuinely believe it's not malicious, but they cannot get into their head. And because mm. they're yes. constantly saying she, 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 then other players other people. are starting yeah. to say she, 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 she. And yeah. I'm just like, this is not why I play male characters to be just misgendered constantly. Yeah. Like, this exactly. Is, this is and the... I don't necessarily walk away only when I think it's malicious. I mm, walk away right. if it's oh. not, if it's not sticking. Oh, if, yeah. okay. if I'm correcting, if I find myself having to correct you all the time, it, that's just not worth my energy. And I will say, thank you for the great game. Have a wonderful day. I will, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. writing a twit longer about it. I'm just yeah. not going to work with you anymore. And like, yeah. Yeah, when it feels like it's not malicious, but they can't get it, then you don't necessarily, you're not like, oh, you're a bad person, you're a malicious person or anything like that. But it also, it it comes to a point where it affects your own enjoyment of the game. And you're not <laughs> yeah. thinking like, oh, I'm going to go play this character. You're like, oh, I'm going to go play this character and they're going to misgender me all the time. And, you know, and I'm going to have to mm. correct them a million times or I'm going to have to sit back and eat it and be miserable. And yeah. And so it makes sense, honestly, to, you know, gracefully extricate yourself from that situation as well. Um, mm -hmm. luckily yeah. the one that I was in recently is there's an end to it and I probably would not pick back up with that group again but yeah I think that is a very healthy way to be dealing with things like that yeah, that, yeah. It, it as Dylan says it's not worth your energy it's not worth your time um, mm -hmm. and if there's anything I would love for people to take away from this it's that you are worth every single moment of your own damn life and you should take up mm. as much space in it as yeah. possible and have no time for anybody that says otherwise so. hell yeah hell exactly that yeah. <laughs> I, I could not have said it better dylan thank you so much for You're coming so and chatting to us today i've i feel like we have gone into the depths and the the nooks and the crannies of everything and come out with some brilliant ways of both dealing with things like misgenderings and also having a better idea and a clearer idea of how gender in the TTRPG space can be explored and enjoyed by all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yes, this is a delight. Ah!
and just as fascinating, really, I think that we have probably another, like, we could have another two or three episodes just on tangents. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. There's so much more to explore, but, I, you know, we, we put out the little taster set, the <laughs> the, the wine flight of, yes. uh, of gender in TTRPG spaces. <laughs> and Remember, we have a, a Patreon, so if any of these yeah. are locked oh, behind yeah. a paywall, you can come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> and get them from behind the paywall. That's it. We're forcing you to pay for extra gender discussion. Yeah, I, I've had a, a real wonderful time. I think, as as CJ said, we could really go the length and breadth of, of kind of gender discussion. So I really appreciate this kind of, this brief yet uh, nuanced discussion with everyone. Uh, I've had a great time. Yeah, me too. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming on, Dylan. It was great to see you and great to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you. A massive thanks to Dylan for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, the interview what had some technical issues and we ran behind, uh, but Dylan was very patient and an absolute wonderful professional and chatted to me and Jess for, for ages about all sorts of random things. So thank you ever so much, Dylan. We'd love to have you back on the show at some point uh, to talk about more, more of this, uh, more of your adjacent work, because there's a plethora of projects that we didn't even get to touch that we would love to at some point. So thank you ever so much. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's our second big interview. We're, we're still learning how to do interviews and roundtables and stuff, so we really appreciate you hanging in there and listening to us and, and kind of exploring the space it's it's another part of the podcast that's quite new to me and and really exciting anyway to the end uh thank you for listening to our show at the table has been a project headphones production you can see more of our work over at projectheadphones.com to support this show please head over to patreon forward slash at the table pod to get in contact with the show please email sam at projectheadphones.com uh, also remember to rate, review, share amongst your friends. That's the best way we can get our name out there. We can contact more people. We can talk to more Super Dylans. We can talk to more B. Dave Walters. Uh, yeah, we can do bigger uh, and more amazing things, which is phenomenal to think about at this stage. Anyway, our music was Captain Scurvy and Space Jazz by Kevin McLeod at Incomputech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attributions for License. Uh, thank you very much, uh, and roll well. Oh, yes, and don't forget to check out the our sponsored section for your homework by Bohannon Brigade. A little session about prep coming up soon, so it might be worth you going over to them and checking out what they have to offer. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>